0: good evening church yes God is amazing i I was you know singing the last uh, hymn the idea that there'll be no more troubles kind of hard to fathom that but uh, it is true that uh, all things will be well God is good and we praise his holy and divine name uh, because he is wonderful let's go to God in prayer please Heavenly Father we praise your holy and divine name and thank you so very much for the opportunity to stand before you in your presence, to uh, sing pr- songs of praise into your name and to worship you. And we just pray, Lord God, that you will accept our worship, that you will keep our minds pure, thinking only of you. We thank you, Lord God, for your glorious name, and we hallow your name, Lord God. And we pray uh, this evening that you will soften our hearts to repentance, if it is necessary uh, for those who have not uh, surrendered to you in a baptism, that they will do so. Lord God, help us, please. To uh, to be the people that you would have us to be, these things we do ask and pray in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Be that will, Amen. We are continuing on the canon uh, of the Bible, but and we're allowing the Bible to canonize itself. Uh, so last week we thought about Moses and. Uh, and we know that on, on all seven continents, remember, because of the fact that out of Egypt, the whole world came to Egypt, uh, the whole known world at that time. And uh, everybody knows Moses, you know, and so they went their way and they wrote about Moses. Everyone's got something to say about Moses. There's no question that Moses is the prophet of God. There's no question about Moses. to who Moses is. Now, Moses spoke of Jesus. So I want to validate Moses. We've already done that. Now, Jesus. And then we'll do the rest of the Bible. But now tonight, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, and verse 18, and by the way, there are many religious leaders today who claim to be this prophet. So what we're going to do tonight, Lord willing, uh, probably tonight and next week, is we're going to totally eliminate the possibility of anyone else being the prophet that Moses spoke of other than Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 18, and verse 18, Moses said, And I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put... My words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I commanded. So here's what, here's the prophecy that, that Moses speaks that is by inspiration of the Lord God. There's a, there's a prophet coming who is like unto Moses. Someone like Moses. It's interesting that it, it almost appears that God kind of goes backwards, right? Because he goes to a, a man, a man, period, and then says, Jesus is going to be like this man. Well, not like the man and, and by way of personality, but by, but by way of prophecy, Jesus would be like Moses. Let's go back to uh, Acts or forward to Acts chapter 3. Jesus is like Moses in so many ways. And I'm going to point out a bunch of those ways tonight and Lord willing, some more next week. Verse 17, this should be enough. Acts three seventeen and following should be enough, but it, it isn't. And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also. But the things which uh, God has announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, announced beforehand, excuse me, by the uh, mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ should suffer, uh, he has fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and return that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed to you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets and out from the ancient time. Moses said, the Lord God shall raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren to him you shall give heed in everything he says to you and it shall be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall utterly be destroyed among the people and likewise all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel his successors and onward also announced these days when you think about Moses and what what was it what was unique about Moses what was unique about Jesus? What things can we see in the scriptures that Jesus is like Moses? Making it without a shadow of a doubt obvious that there could be no one else. And, and, and by the way, when you when you get this teaching and you begin to teach people who believe that their prophet or leader, religious leader, is that prophet, you can totally destroy the whole religious foundation When you show them that this man is Jesus and none other. So they're qualifiers uh, as well as just examples. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 1. Both Jesus and Moses were were Israelites. We know that, right? Exodus 1 tells us that and so does Matthew chapter 1. Both were born at a time when they had evil national leaders. He said, okay, well, we... All right, that's true, but that doesn't prove it's Jesus. They both escaped decrees of death at birth. Exodus 1 and verse 8. The Bible says, Now a, a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Verse 15, please. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Siphra, and the other whose name was Pua. And he said, When you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth and see them upon the birth stool, if it is a son, then you shall put him to death. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. Verse 22. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. And from there we read the story of Moses. What about Jesus? Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to begin uh, this narrative in verse 16. The Bible says, Then Herod, when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its environs, from two years old and under, according to the time which he ascertained from the Magi. Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled saying a voice was heard in Ramah weeping and a great mourning Rachel weeping for her children and she refused to be comforted because there was or there were no more. Hebrews chapter 11. Both Jesus and Moses were forced to flee the countries where and they were born, and then they returned to that country later. So Moses fled from Egypt to Midian, and then returned to Egypt. Jesus uh, fled from Jerusalem to Egypt and returned back to Jerusalem. Exact same, the exact same idea, or Israel. Both refused to become rulers of powerful nations. Hebrews chapter eleven we read this by faith with Moses, right? Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ's greater riches uh, than the t- treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for or looking toward the reward. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is unseen. So he refused. Now Jesus, turn to Matthew 4. Matthew 4, at verse 8. Uh, during the days of his temptation, Satan just didn't offer him just a kingdom. Satan offered him the entire world. Matthew 4, verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. But it wasn't just Satan. John chapter 6, you find that as Jesus was was feeding the thousands, that uh, people decided to make him king. John 6 and verse 14. The Bible says, When therefore the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, This is of a truth, the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, therefore, perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. So they share that same idea. And when you go to Hebrews 11 and verse 26, you find that Moses was offered great riches, but he refused. Verse 26, he refused the riches of of Egypt, if you will. He refused them, but rather considered it's better to suffer the reproach uh, for Christ and Christ's kingdom. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Look at verse 9. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So both Jesus and Moses forsook uh, the greater riches and uh accepted poverty, if you will, uh to serve and in service to God. Uh in Exodus chapter three, Moses was sent to be a deliverer. A deliverer of the people of the world, if you will, uh and and out of Egypt or from Egyptian bondage. And if in Exodus chapter three in verse Verse ten. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Jesus is our deliverer, right? Romans eleven, verse twenty-six. He doesn't just deliver us from uh, from a specific location or place; he delivers us from the passing pleasures of sin. And allows us to enter the joys of heaven to be with him forever. Romans 11, verse 26, the Bible says, And thus all Israel will be saved, just as it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Jesus saved us from the world. The next I want you to look at is Luke chapter 2. The wisdom of Jesus and the wisdom of Moses were very similar. You see, both of them possessed great knowledge and wisdom that was undeniable, right? Luke 2 and verse 47, Jesus as a a child. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And the Bible tells us that he continued to grow. In verse 52, uh, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Well, did Moses have that kind of wisdom and knowledge? Turn to Acts chapter 7. As Stephen proclaimed this great and powerful message, uh, given a summary of the entire Old Testament, uh, we find that he speaks of Moses down in verse 21. And here's what he says about Moses. And after he had been exposed, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as her own son. And Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians, and he was a man of power and words and deeds. He was a very educated man and a man of wisdom. You go back and read about Moses, you'll find Moses um, certainly exemplified much wisdom. The two greatest men of the Bible were the two humblest men of the Bible who are they Moses and Jesus turn back to numbers chapter 12 numbers chapter 12 we're going to look at verse just verse 3 there was a this this argument that was going on a dispute about the woman whom Moses married with Miriam and Aaron down in verse 3 there's this little uh, captioning here where it says now the man Moses was very humble more than any man who was on the face of the earth great Humility was found in Moses, but also great power and strength. What did Jesus say? Matthew 11. Matthew chapter 11, looking at verse 23. Remember Jesus spoke of himself, and he invited the world to come to him? Verse 23, or 28 rather. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. Humility. Great humility. What I'm trying to show you is that when, when Moses talks about this prophet, turn to Exodus chapter 31, when Moses talks about this prophet who, uh, is greater than, uh, than all, one who is like him, he is speaking of no one other then Jesus Christ. And as we examine the scriptures and we find that this prophet can be no one else. And we validate through the scriptures, Moses, we already done that. Now, Jesus, the rest of the Bible is a piece of cake to show which books fit and which books do not fit. Because that is a great question, right? You know, they'll, they'll find a new book, a new writing. Um, and they'll say, oh, should this be added into the canon? Should this be added to the Word of God? And then it fails the test and is not added. It would be the same as us going to the library and looking through the religious section and saying, I found a good book. Should we add this book to the Bible? No, it doesn't work that way. Exodus chapter 31 and verse 18. And when he had finished speaking with him upon Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written by the finger of God, both delivered laws from God. Now, here's what's important. They both delivered them on the first day of the week. Both Moses and Jesus. These laws from God that came uh, to the world. as The church began on the first day of the week, and now Moses delivers the message. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. The great message was the message that came specifically from God and nowhere else. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 9. Only give heed, give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart in all the days of your life. But make them known to your sons and to your grandsons. Remember the day you stood before the Lord, your God of Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Assemble the people to me that I may let them hear my words so they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth. And that they may teach their children. And you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain. And the mountain burned with fire to the very heart of the heavens. Darkness, cloud, and thick gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you from the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but you saw no form, only a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform. That is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you might perform them in the land where you are going over to possess it. This is very important. Cause here's the thing, right? If we can understand the writings of the, of the, of the, you know, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, we can understand where Moses is coming from as God gave us the message of God, then we can understand where Jesus is coming from. John 12, please, in verse 48. For Jesus is that prophet like unto Moses. And Jesus delivered a message with clarity. You'll find then that the message of Jesus is consistent with the message of Moses. They do not contradict. Well, the entire Bible does not contradict. But they do not contradict. They flow hand in hand together with each having its mate. John 12, verse 48. What did Jesus say? He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him in the last day. For I did not speak of my own initiative. But, I, but the Father himself who sent me has given me commandment of what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is, is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. So when you study the Bible and you think about the words of God, let's go to Hebrews chapter uh, 8, please. And you think about Moses and all that Moses declared by inspiration. And then all that the prophets declared by way of inspiration. And you follow that teaching all the way over to Jesus Christ. you find the amazing consistency and thread of the Bible that fits together like a kick glove. And there are no contradictions. Over thousands of years, it all flows together perfectly because it's all ordained by the same one and only true God. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now the main point in what has been said is this. We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty of the heavens. A minister in the sanctuary and the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched Not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Hence it is necessary that the high priest also have something to offer. Now if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all. Since there are those who offer the gifts according to the law. Who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Just as Moses Was warned by God when He was about to erect the tabernacle. For see, He says that you make all things according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. But now He has obtained a more excellent ministry, by as much as He is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. You see, the, the fault. In the first covenant, in the law of Moses, was with the people. Couldn't keep the law. Well, because they chose not to. They didn't keep the law. And the problem with that is, there is no forgiveness under the old law. Forgiveness is only in Jesus Christ. So the blood of Jesus flows backwards to the law of Moses and forwards to the, or backwards to Adam, excuse me, and forwards to the last man that lives on the face of the earth. Forgiveness cannot happen without Jesus Christ. Moses in the law of Moses and the priests showed us what sacrificial living and what a sacrifice really and truly was all about as their their sins were basically rolled forward a year. All of the messages of God, all of the things from God that he put into Moses are written in the scriptures that we have contained right now in the canon. What we have now that we call our Bible. Can you trust the Bible? Remember, we, we spoke earlier, someone said... Uh, uh, well, I believe the Bible so far as it's translated correctly or, or, or accurately, right? Whenever someone says that to you, the words out of your mouth ought to be, okay, can you show me one of those verses? The conversation will end. It always does. It always has. When someone says to you, well, you know, we believe in our prophet, go back to Moses and say, well, was your prophet be- Moses? Do you believe in Moses? Oh, yeah, we believe in Moses. Okay. Did Moses speak of your prophet? And the answer will be obviously no. He spoke of Jesus. Go back to Exodus, please, chapter 4. Here's what's unique. Both Jesus and Moses, their messages were authenticated through miracles, through miraculous activity. In Exodus 4, beginning at verse 1, Then Moses answered and said, What if they would not believe me? Or listen to what I say. For they may say. The Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him. What is that in your hand? And he said a staff. Then he said throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. And it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. But the Lord said to Moses. Stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it. And it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. What's going to make them believe? The miracles that I'm going to give you. John 20, verse 30, in verse 31. The Bible speaks of Jesus and the great miracles that he performed in the midst of all the people. The Bible calls the miracles noteworthy and undeniable. John 30, and uh, rather 20 Verse 30 and 31, many other signs, therefore, Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So, again, Jesus is the prophet that Moses spoke of thousands of years before Jesus Christ was born on the earth. There are so many similarities that are undeniable. They both were Israelites. They both were born at a time when national leaders were evil. They both escaped decrees of death when they were babies. They both were forced to leave or flee from their country and then later return to their country. They both refused to become leaders of powerful nations and kingdoms. They both forsook riches. Both of them were sent by God to be deliverers. Both possessed great knowledge and wisdom. They both were meek and very humble. They both delivered laws from God and both authenticated their messages by miracles or through miracles, the miracles of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the only person that's ever lived on the face of the earth who qualifies to be be the fulfillment of this prophecy. I want to give you more next week. I want to give you a few more next week so that it's confirmed in your minds and your hearts that he's the only one, and I'm telling you, I mean, if you want to talk later and you come to me and go, well, well, preacher, you know, what foundation, uh, what religious foundation will you shake if you can show that this is Jesus and no one else? Come talk to me. I'll tell you, I'll tell you all of them, and you can just shake them, and then we can help seek and save more who are lost. Tonight, the lesson is yours. I, I hope that something was said to encourage you, just to just to remind you of the the great consistency of the Word of God, the great consistency of the Bible from ver- from the very beginning to the end, and that none of it contradicts from beginning to end. And you can trust your Bibles. You can trust the Word of God with all of your heart, mind, and soul. Tonight, if uh, there's a need in your heart and we can help in some way, whether you like to surrender to Christ in the waters of baptism, whether or not tonight you have repentance on your heart, and we can... Help or assist in some way. Please make it known. In a moment, we'll stand and sing our song of invitation. Those of you who are online, again, thank you for being there. Thank you all for being here present uh, this evening. Uh, if you are online, contact us. Our information is uh, before you this evening. God bless you and thank you for your time.